It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. G'day, Campbell Brown here. Campbell Brown, it's Taz Racing. No, it's not. It's Jason Bonington. You can call me Jay Bon, Bonners. You can call me whatever you want. Don't call me Bonington. It's the only thing I don't like is Bonington. Taz Racing Talk. Thrown in the deep end a little bit here, but uh, hoping to learn a little bit about Tasmanian racing. I know one man I'll be talking to a little bit later, Jamie Cockshut. He'll have the winners in harness racing, but we're going to start with the gallops. And our man we're going to talk to first up is Matt Reed. How are you, Matt? Not well? Hello, Matty. You there, mate? I can I can hear something. It's like it's like he's sucking on a soother or something like that. Uh, there's there's something in the background there. Sounds like ants or uh, beetles running around. It, 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 there's a, there's a certain insect vibe going on. Hello, Matt. Are you with us? I've got you there. How are you going? <laughs> I'm good, Matt. Uh, you're gonna have to be very kind to me here, mate. Thrown in the deep end. Taz Racing talk. So you're going to have to be my knight in shining armor, my hero. I want you to, first of all, recap the week that was. Well, normally I'm coming in uh, low down the batting order, so I've put myself at the top tonight, and we'll see how we go. It's been a a massive week of racing across all codes, which I'm sure you'll get to with the the various guests. I'll focus on the thoroughbreds. and uh, We had a a terrific meeting in Launceston on Wednesday night. Uh, We had the the three-year-old trophy and the conquering stakes there. I'll start with the the three-year-old trophy. It was billed as a match race, again, between Alpine Wolf and and Turk Warrior. It didn't really live up to the hype, if I'm perfectly honest. Uh, Turk Warrior went to the front and and controlled the race, and and really it was over about 200 metres from home. Uh, Alpine Wolf was was flopped out the back and and worked home quite strongly, had the eighth fastest last 200 of the meeting, seventh fastest last 400 meeting off the Taz Racing sectionals, but uh, never, ever really looked a winning chance. So I was a little bit disappointed, perhaps, by the lack of intent on Alpine Wolf, whether they were just happy to use that that 1,400-metre assignment as another hit-out heading towards the Tasmanian Guineas next start, which is at a mile. It it sort of remains to be seen, but it was really a one-act affair, and and Turf Warrior extended his win streak to eight. So... You're having a go. Are you talking through the pocket there, Matt, or you are, aren't you? Yes. Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> I got I, I got a lot of things wrong in Launceston on Wednesday night. I must have been the only punter in Australia that managed to lose on the meeting. The quaddy paid $6. The last four favourites were all odds-on favourites, and my best bet of the night was Turk Warrior. So uh, I got him at about $1.70. He was backed into $1.40, and the money arrived. I guess it was just a little bit disappointed from a racing perspective that the match race that it's been billed so far through the through the summer didn't eventuate there and I hope we see 
these two really lock horns and, and go hammer and tom because Turk Warrior's done it pretty easy through the two runs so far and I think Alpine Wolf is a very good horse but we might need to see a change of tactics if he's to, to knock over Turk Warrior. All right, so we don't want to look back too much. It obviously didn't work out. You didn't get the $6 quarter. You would have had to get it 50 times to make any money. So let's look forward. What, what have you got for us going forward? Well, uh, just before we move, I'll, I'll touch on the inevitable because he was super, a horse that, that most punters know really well. He's been all over the country, a very popular little galloper. Back to his best, he was smashed from three into a dollar eighty and took out uh, the conquering. So both of the, the feature races, they roll into the Tassie Guineas and Wait for Age Tasmanian Stakes, which are on Friday the 7th in Hobart. So all roads from Wednesday night lead into that Hobart program, which is actually two days after the Devonport Cup. So that's going to be a massive week of racing. Uh, this Sunday, we've got seven races in Hobart. It's a dual code meeting there. The harness starts about an hour after the last thoroughbred race. So could be a big day on track for, for people in Hobart. And my best bet there comes up in race four, number two, Lucky Lil. We're shooting blind a little bit here. We won't have markets for this meeting until tomorrow afternoon. And it is a, a pretty open-looking card on paper. But doing the former, I've settled on Lucky Lil. Really like her getting up to a mile fourth up this preparation. She's been charging home uh, over shorter distances in some pretty strong races. Wide draw here for Erica Burnburke, but she's got plenty of time to work in the race. She's a mare that can race forward or back, and I think she's just ready to win. So race four, number two, Lucky Lil is my best bet. And again, looking for value. Uh, doing the form for the first race is an interesting one. There's some decent race horses, but one first starter that caught my eye is the six dominators girl. Stephen Shaw's the trainer, Bullet Muku would take the ride. He, he doesn't have a lot of horses, Steve Shaw, so the market could easily overlook this one. Two really good trials, though. Uh, been a little bit slow out is my one concern, given this is over 1,100, but I think if she can be close enough and Bullet can slot, can slot in, then uh, she'll give us a run at an each-way price. That's number six, Dominator's Girl, in the opening race. And what price are you looking for? Oh, look, I think if we can get any, get anything each way, Dominator's Girl would be happy. I marked the horse around about $5. Uh, Lucky Lil, I marked at around $4 to 100%. It's sort of one of those programs where we're not going to see a heap of the shorties that, that we did on Wednesday night. It, it's going to be uh, a lot more open. And I should also mention that uh, Tassie represented across the water with Galenus at headquarters tomorrow night. Uh, oh, sorry, tomorrow, I should say in the final race. Uh, really promising horses had his share of issues, but heads across the water for a 1,000-metre sprint, and I reckon he's a pretty good chance there. Connections have mentioned that he's settled in really well in Victoria, and I think they're pretty bullish about a forward showing. You're in the same boat as me, unfortunately. So I do the harness racing in Victoria, and I've got to give these tips out before the prices come out. So you're saying you won $5. They're going to take you apart, aren't they? Because you've already tipped it. That's the problem. We get you on radio to tip it. And you've lamplighted it. They're going to know, and you'll probably get three dollars fifty. Unfortunately, Matt. Well, it depends. If people go off my most recent set on Wednesday night, they'll think I've got no idea what I'm talking about, <laughs> and we might we might get a price. So you're you're only as good as your last set, so to speak. But I mean, this is always the the challenge, and uh, the markets move every which way. So I do think on Sunday, though, it is one of those days where. It's, there's unlikely to be a heap of shorties and there'll be a few that um, people will be looking for. So 
I do think we might get somewhere around the prices that, um, particularly for Lucky Lil, not not so sure about the first data in, in the opening race because being on debut, it's hard to know what the market will do. I think you're being a bit of a hustler. You throw in a couple of dud tips and away you go and all of a sudden you get the big price. All right, I'll let you take this away. We've got an interview guest, Brendan McCool, one of the best in Tassie for three decades. He's flying at the moment. He's always flying. I'll let you take it away here. Matty, have a chat with Brendan. G'day, Brendan. Thanks very much for, for joining us on SEN. No worries at all, man. You're flying at the moment. Had another double on Wednesday night um, with a pair of runners for, for Adam Trinder. I'll just start with your association with Adam Trinder. It's fair to say that for both parties, it's going exceptionally well. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, realistically, I, I, I was probably the beneficiary of um, all the 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 confusion and the mayhem going on with COVID and just sort of give me the, given me the opportunity to get some rides for Adam, um, probably didn't help Anthony Darmanin very much, but helped me. Uh, and I, I've sort of slotted in there well, and it's, it's worked out great. He's good to ride for and, um, obviously does a great job with his horses and he's, he's great to ride for. He, he leaves uh, a lot of the stuff up to me out there, which is great. Certainly uh, one horse that falls into the category of being well-placed by Adam, as most of his horses are, is the risk factor. Took you every part of 2,100 metres to get in front there, but uh, they ran track record time. Did, did it feel like you were going that quick in the run? It felt like it was a really solid tempo, yeah. Um, and I was aware that I was quite a few lengths of the horses. I was quite a few lengths in front of the horses behind me, but... Um, I was also aware that if I if I let the leader get away from me too much, it was going to be hard to run down. It sort of um, beat the risk factor about three starts prior to that with the same sort of tactics. And I, I was just keen to keep it in his sight because he is a horse with a bit of ability, the risk factor, but he, he's, he's got a bit of a brain in his head and he likes to have a bit of a think about things at times. So I just wanted to keep his mind on the job and give him that focus to of that horse to look at all the way. And you had the sit on and beyond in the conquering uh, on Wednesday night. Not a horse that I imagine you've done a, a lot with, but uh, he performed really well at that level for the first time. Yeah, he went great. As you say, his first time at that level, stepping up, probably met the winner, you know, 10 kilos worse off than he would have in a handicap. And we all know the inevitable is a, a really good horse and looks to be near, near back to his best. So uh, I thought it was a, an outstanding run from and beyond. Um, yeah, couldn't have been happier with him. Did he give you the impression that uh, potentially going to the mile next start won't be an issue? I don't think it'll be an issue. I certainly suggested to them. My thoughts were that it, it, there's no, there's nothing to suggest that it wasn't. It's not worth a try to run him over the mile. I, I'm, I'm, um, I think it's the logical next step for him, and it'll give them a good guide as to whether he does get it or not. I'm. I think there's every chance he will, but having said, if I've really got to put my head on the block, I'd I'd head that way. But yeah, until he does it, you're never certain. All right. Well, let's have a look at your rides on Sunday. I must admit, Brendan, when I brought up your rides for Sunday, I thought, geez, you might be uh, you might be hard pressed to get a few of these across the line. But you are flying at the moment. Probably the logical best of your chances looks to be Wellbro a horse that you've got a great association with and is racing really well. Yeah, I think if if um, if the race was at Launceston, that sort of might might make him look a really hard horse to beat. But having said that, he'll still be a hard horse to beat. He's raced down in Hobart before and hasn't um, 
he's, he's acquitted himself okay apart from the derby, um, which he's, he's clearly had enough at that stage of his campaign. So he's seen the track. Uh, he's in good form. Um, his only hiccup, he had a genuine excuse the start before last where he had a bit of a virus coming coming um, out of the race. So, you know, he'll he'll run a good race. It uh, com- looks a competitive race again, but um, he'll he'll run a good race. And you've got three rides for Imogen, uh, probably at opposite ends of their career when we look at Scrutineer. The two lightly raced horses, Brendan, what can you tell us about Rosé and Manadol Rain? Uh, Rosé's a nice little horse. He's only had the one start. He's a, a half-brother to Fighting Floyd, who she's, she's actually got in Welborough's race, who's um, done a good job for her this campaign. Um, he's, he's, he's a nice little horse. He does everything um, right. Um, seems a genuine little horse, so you know I think it'd be. Uh, he's had a few hiccups along the campaign, but he seems to be well enough in himself at the moment. So I'd, I'd expect a forward showing from him. And I'll ask you about. Uh, we had the news last week with the two star Tasmania mares retiring, but the horse that you had a great association with, uh, still a star, uh, must have been a little bit sad to know that uh, that you've ridden her for the last time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, as is always the case with these things, it's there's that um, initial that initially that bit of shock that they're they're not going to race again, and a, and a bit of sadness. But then when you consider how good they've been to you, and I think it's the only thing you can do is be good to them back and look after them. And she's earned her her retirement. And I know, knowing Bill, he's. Um, he, it wouldn't have been an easy easy decision to come to for him, but I know he would definitely have the the mayor's best interest at heart. So, if he's made that decision, I'm I'm sure it's the right decision. Yeah, well, I think most racing followers have reported connections and the trainers of both horses for making the decision to to sort of go out while they're on top of the game. Uh, before we let you go, Brendan, we're in the midst of the the real feature period of racing down here in Tassie. Is there anything in the coming months that you're really looking forward to riding that's potentially heading towards feature races? Look, I, I don't know, down in grade a little bit, um, and hopefully he gets there, but a horse I've always had a lot of time for um, is Wardell of Adam Trinders. I, I think he's a... He's a really nice progressive horse. He's winning in lower grades at the moment, but the way he's doing it, uh, I, I just he gives me the impression he's he's going to improve with a bit of age. I don't know if he'll get there uh, this preparation to get to the better races, but I'm sure he's a nice horse in the future. And um, a horse of Imogen Algernon always runs a good race when he's fresh. I don't know if he'll get my weight with what she's going to run him in, but he's always a good fresh horse. So whenever you see him fresh, he's um, he always puts in a good effort. So yeah, I'm I'm sure there's um, as you say, going back to Phil Star, I probably had her penciled in for a few races that aren't going to be um, on the on the horizon for her now. So I'll have to find something half as good as her, and I'll be right. Well, the next star's hopefully uh, somewhere right around the corner. Uh, you're riding in outstanding form. The numbers speak for themselves, Brendan. Uh, good luck in Hobart tomorrow, and thanks for your time. Thanks, Matt. You're going to make it in this game, Matt. That was a hell of an interview. You know what you're doing, don't you? you this isn't your first radio, is it? Well, I actually didn't know that you were going to ask me to do that, so I was shooting from the hip a little bit there. But, uh, oh, look, Brendan, Summer, you, you could just speak to him for for hours, really. I mean, he, he's striking at, at 33% down here in Tassie, which is just outrageous, really. And 
the ride is giving his horses. You just, as a punter, you can't be any more confident than when you've got Beam and Cooler aboard, uh, and that's just showing at the moment. So uh, certainly through the next few months, and we will hopefully with the borders reopening, see a few of our flying jockeys come back. Anthony Darmanin, who Brendan spoke about, it, is one that we'll see more often down here in Tassie, and potentially Foggy Newitt as well. But certainly of the local brigade. Um, Brendan's head and shoulders above the rest at the moment. And a magnificent speaker as well, which uh, really presents himself terrifically well. And I'll tell you what, I know how to ride you now. We ride you aggressively. So a change of tactics. Uh, we didn't tell the stewards, but we rode you aggressively. And I'll tell you what, you delivered, Matt. We very much appreciate your time, mate. Good luck on the punt. Thank you. Speak soon. Time for a break. We'll come back and talk to Brennan Ryan about the Greyhounds. Ladbroke's Hobart Thousand last night. Aussie Secret won for Jason Thompson. You're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Ah, Cam Luke here at... I mean, that's not a good Cam Luke impression. I don't, I, I don't know. I can, I can normally do most people, but I can't do Cam. Jason Bonington, Jay Bon with you here for Taz Racing Talk. And an old friend of mine, I'm sorry I haven't been there on the Lids Fly the last couple of weeks, Brennan, but I'll be back next week. How have you been, mate? Have you seen any good films? Um, mate, I, I, I've been waiting. It's good to hear from you. Look, no, I've been quiet. I've been heavily involved, head down into the Hobart Thousand. And, oh, mate, I love it every year. It's such an iconic race and oh, just gives you a, a great thrill to get up every morning knowing that you, you're going to see a great final. Uh, well, it was. The Victorians took the cash again. Aussie Secret did Aussie Secret things, particularly in the straight. He wanted to go to the outside rail, but he was just a little bit too good. Do it was huge, but... Aussie Secret, the Melbourne Cup finalist, just a little bit too sharp. Oh, look, he, he was uh, superb in his performance. And you look at his form, Jace, um, the way Jason Thompson's prepared this dog, he looked like he was a bit immature early days, but um, he hasn't gone too over the top with preparing him. He took him out to the country tracks and let him mature up. And then all of a sudden, he's come to the city tracks, performed, made a Melbourne Cup. It's made a dog out of him. And last night, he's now a Group 1 champion. And deservedly um, Jason, the second win in the race and a group one for owner Robert Bean as well. It was a hell of a race, wasn't it? Like, it, it, like right down to the finish, when Aussie Secret was able to hold the lead, you thought, well, he's probably got the race in his keeping, but they charged late. Uh, it was just a super race. Oh, it was. Look, the, the track itself, it makes the dog and Aussie Secret had the red box, he had the speed and he just took the rails run and Look, there was a great tip on course. And the way the box draw suited, there was a good push for Ferdinand Boy. But, uh, look, certain dogs need to be placed well. And there is a little bit of a niche to Hobart where it's got a downhill run. And, and if you can't sustain the stamina in it, you're going to be found out. But Aussie Secret was just the perfect dog for that race. And, you know, when we went into the series, the box draw was going to be crucial. Um, there was only a length or, two, length or two between each runner. And, you know, when the... When the locals got bunched up in the in the guts of the draw and the, and the interstaters got one and eight, that was going to make the race. So, um, but nevertheless, it was another good addition to you know one of our oldest Group One races on the on the Australian calendar. That was a feature, but there were some uh, some co-features. I mean, the consolation, the first three home or four home in the consolation are all pretty outstanding as well. What were the other highlights of the night for you? Uh, for me, look, owning the cash, taking out the Billy Grice Memorial um, for trainer Teddy Medhurst and Ben Price. Um, look, it was one of the most open races at, at, on the program and when owning the cash bounce to the front, there wasn't many dogs that had the chance of running him down. And he's been in the placings the majority of his career and got the respect of a, you know, a lot of people and the punters. And um, 
the, the Denise Fish Memorial as well for trying to make Sheriff and he's so cool, have box one and just pounce to the front lead all the way. He's a dog that's got potential and he'll climb through the ranks. And um, yeah, you know, it was for our biggest night of racing, it was a superb card. We had a 599 meter event, which was a, a very good field. And, you know, overall, it was good to see people on track as well, you know, going through what we have with COVID-19 all over Australia. You sound like you're still on a hybrid. I am, mate. I love I've been, uh, before I got involved with Taz Racing, I've been covering this race for about six years. And, you know, you just learn the prestige about it. And, it's, you know, it's such a privilege to be to be there on track and, and able to talk to the people that are connected to it. And you just learn how much pride they've got and why they want to win the race. So you wouldn't miss a James Bond film for the Hobart Thousand is what you're telling us? Oh, mate, I, I, you know, knowing that, if I can get a runner in it and had the luck to take it off, I'd, I'd be there in a heartbeat, don't you worry. Well, I'll tell you what, you've got two of the uh, four semi-winners for the Devonport Breeders, and we, we, we do need to make mention of uh, what happened yesterday in Devonport, and we uh, send our love and strength out to the families involved, but um, this is exciting. You've got two of the four semi-winners and the Devonport Breeders coming up. Yeah, self-control, which I own outright. She's drawn box six, and... Look, from she's got wide running antics. She had box one there on on Tuesday, and she pounced to the front and was just really, you know, really good in her efforts. And she's earned the respect to, to get in there. And um, her sister Jeff Posh, who look, I believe um, she's got uh, a lot more coming for her. Early days, she went to Queensland, and on reports, the trial she was up to Group One quality, and just unfortunately she came in season and. Um, we had to get her through that, but she looks like she's going to get up to 500 metres with no hesitation. But, you know, we've got to get through Tuesday. And, but to have those two girls in the kennel, it's such a privilege, and I just can't wait until the new year to get really stuck into it. Now, apart from talking to me today, and it's a highlight for both of us to, to catch up, Brennan, but uh, any other yeah. highlights you need to tell us about before we head to the news? Um, look, we've got... We've got the Maiden 1000 coming up in the new year, the Launceston Cup coming up, and also, you know, for Greyhound fans, we're all going to tune into the Phoenix on Saturday night and see uh, the likes of Goblins and, um, you know, the New South Wales Dog Jungle Juice turn up as well. So I think we're all going to be glued to our TV screens for the big race in the meadow. Now, remember that, you you know, you're employed by SEN now and Goblins is our dog, but putting that to one side, who are you tipping in the Phoenix? Look, to be honest, I'm going to stick with Koblenz. Not on biasing for the employment. <laughs> um, no, look, I really like the dog. He's trained by, you know, one of the nicest blokes there is in Greyhound Racing and David Gill. And, you know, David had Ferdinand Boy in the race last night in Hobart 1000. And if that dog's successful, um, you know, David deserves every success he can get out of Greyhound Racing because he, he puts in a lot of efforts, a lot of miles, and it'd be a big thrill, I think, for uh, for both him and Rose. Now, I'm going to be there, Brennan. Are you, gonna, you, you are going to have some FOMO. I know you've had a big highlight last night, but you're going to have some FOMO on Saturday not being there, aren't you? Oh, mate, I was planning to go, but, you know, just with, um, with plans at the moment and Christmas, I can't get there, but... Uh, you know, hopefully all going well. 12 months on, the race is there again. I will definitely be there trackside, but I'll be watching in on your coverage. Don't you worry about that. I cannot wait. It is so exciting. I was lucky enough to MC the box draw on Sunday, and what a box draw it was. It really set up the race, but uh, on with Coblenz as well. Thanks for joining us, mate. We'll talk Thursday. Yeah, all good, Jason. Uh, yeah, thanks for your time. Time for the news. Find out what's happening in the world. Come back with Jamie Cockshut, who's going to give us some winners in the trots. 
live around Australia on SEN Track. You're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Yeah, no, no, look, I'm, I'm sorry. It's not Cam Luke or Campbell Brown. Um, you got to get, get me my own stinger because I reckon I'll take the show over. I've taken over so many shows on this station. I only need one crack at it. This is now my show and this is my man, Jamie Cockshot. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, Tom. Uh Talk to us. Uh, well, you know, Wombat's taken over. He won't even let me speak to you anymore these days. So talk to us about um, the week in harness racing in the Apple Isle. Yeah, you know, no, we've got a big week in harness racing, mate. Firstly, um, tonight at Bernie and um, Sunday night at Hobart. You know, just recently today, mate, there's been a lot of prize money increases being put out there by Taz Racing with our Easter Cup and Tasmanian Cups going up to Group 1 status with $100,000 prize money, which is uh, a huge filler for you know, Tasmanian harness racing going forward and just goes to prove you know, we do keep batting above our weight down here and um, yeah, the prize money keeps going up, which is great to see, mate. So just want to take my head off to those all involved to, that makes that happen and a lot of those are us punters out there, Jay. So Derived puts push turnovers up, and you know, the, the powers to be always get a clip of that. So, you know, just thank all them punters out there that bet on you know, Tasmanian wide on harness racing and greyhounds and gallop racing for that sake. Well, you, I mean, you agree with me. I know we're on the same page. Um, lucky enough to go up there for the Inter Dominion series in Sydney. And the only way harness racing can thrive is if it's strong nationally. And Tasmania's had such a great heritage. Like the South Australian situation is a little bit unfortunate at the moment, but you've got to have these big races in Tasmania because it's it, it's been it's been a great place with wonderful horses. And I know you're a historian; you know all the great horses that have been there. But remember the Australian Derby down there, and they, they, these races need to be big prize money, and they need to be focused on. Well, they sure do, mate. When I was a, a young fellow colour for the ranks, mate, we had the best horses in in Australia. Company Jack Morris come here for our Tasmania Cup, Taylor made Lombo. <laughs> Yeah, just just all the all the champions used to come across. Brian Hancock used to bring a team. You know, Andrew Peace go back in the day. You know, the late Gavalang was always over him, taking our riches back. And just let's just hope that in years to come we do start getting seeing some of the the better horses coming. Yeah, the locals might be saying different because they'd like to keep the prize money in the state. But that's what race is all about. Go and watch the best horses available that come. And, you know, that's what we want to see, mate. You know, I want to see the best horse coming. I want to see King of Swing, but we're not going to see him because he's going to retirement stage. But I want to see Spencey Vigo come here for the, you know, Tasmania Cup this year or Easter Cup. You know, just 100000 is probably not enough to get him here, mate. But um, it could be a character to get the second-tier stars back, coming back to Tassie. And critically, get the, get the coverage going again so that people are focusing and they know these are the big races and it's worth focusing on Tasmanian harness racing. Now, I know we already spoke... Uh, yesterday, and I know you're not overly keen on the Bernie meeting, but uh, you've got one for us. Yeah, we've got one at Bernie. Um, I'm pretty, I'm even more keen on it now. Race four, number three, Leisure. Um, there's a scratching of uh, Mark Regan or CM Germain. I just think is going to be too good. But there is a couple of odds there, Jason. Like race six, number two, Cast Troy. He'll be about $20, $21, Rodney Ashwood's in the gig. He, he gets him to ping the tapes, Rodney. If he can lob on top, even though he's up in class, he'll give plenty of cheek. And race seven, number 10, a little bit of magic. I think she's around the 20 to 1 mark as well. And young Dylan Ford's driving him. Uh, can do a few things wrong, but it is mobile conditions the last race. So if Dylan can just keep him in his gate and just come with one run, 
four and five wide, which will probably be on the outside fence at Bernie, <laughs> has got the ability to go very close. So there are a couple of odds for the punters out there to, to have a few dollars each way on late in the night. Is it each way, one by three? How do we back them? Yeah, one by two, mate. One by, one by two, two at least. Yeah. Uh, are you a little bit keener? Well, you found a few there at Bernie, but you're a little bit keener on Hobart Sunday night? Yeah, Hobart's a pretty handy meeting, to be honest, mate. I'm, they're, I'm keen on... You know, I'm keen on two. I think they'll just hopefully win them. But then there's another couple that I'm, I'm keen on that we can parlay up into those two and hopefully get, you know, you know, 10 or 12 or 15 to 1 in, in a parlay, mate. But start off race one, number one, demands respect. Uh, and then we go over to Coolwater Paddy in race three, I think he is. Um, they're the main two. They should both be winning. You know, Coolwater Paddy bypassed the recent Golden Apple series. So he's been kept fresh for this assignment. And, um, he should be able to leave from Barrier 3, and I'll be disappointed if he does get run down from there. Uh, race 7, number 4, Bounty in. He's come over from Melbourne, and he's created a pretty good impression in Tasmania, mate, and I think he can bore his way to the lead and, and win for Connor Crook. And race 8, number 7, let's hustle. Uh, Rodney Ashwood trains and drives. Drawn outside, Rodney will look to push forward, and if he can get outside the speed and just hold him to the top of the straight and let him go, I think he can win as well as around the $3.54 mark. There is a couple of value. Uh, race two, number five, LJ's Blue. He's a funny bugger, but um, if he, as long as when Ricky goes from, he's got a horse on his outside, he generally finds a couple of metres, but he, he's left alone out wide, he just plods. So let's just hope when he does go, there's a horse on his outside, because that's when he does really pick up. And he'll be 10 or 12 for a moment, and he looks a good play as well. Now, you're going to have a special guest in a moment, and I'll let you talk to Juanita McKenzie, but just tell me, uh, she's on the line, she can hear, unfortunately, but... Uh, Cool water paddy. Is it a good horse? Like a real oh, he horse? Go, he goes okay. He, he, no, he, he goes okay. You know, when we need is on the same page, mate. Oh, well. but, you know, when Mackenzie is probably just about the most beautiful woman in Tasmanian harness racing, to be honest, between me and you, Jay. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I am stepping away now. You and Juanita can work this out amongst yourselves. She can hear you and you know that. So you and the most beautiful woman in harness racing down in Tasmania, or maybe the world, you can have a chat now, mate. How you going, Luke? Good, thank you, Jamie. How are you? Oh, that's all right, Alan. Uh, good. Uh, we'll just have a chat about it, your horses. I um, demand respect, as you know. He's a really nice type. Um, he's a bit unlucky last week at Launceston when he got behind the leader and the leader capitulated at the 400. But this is a very winnable race. I, I think he can even sit parked if he has to to, to beat this field. And um, I think he'll kick the night off really well for you. Yes, Joni, he is a nice little horse. He's come back come back very well after his um, little injury setback. Um, very unlucky last week. Didn't, didn't go to plan, but that's racing and expecting another forward showing this week from him. We'll go over to Coolwater Paddy. Um, you know, we bypassed the, the Golden Apple even last week just because he was going to be handicapped out of it, but this looks a very good race for him to um, get back into the winners list. He's drawn three. He's got the gate speed to lead and uh, realistically, Lady, he should be winning. Yeah, no, that's right, Jamie. He's another one that's come back very good after his, his little let up. He was very disappointing when he went across to Victoria. Uh, unfortunately, he had a few little problems and he certainly wasn't up to his best, but I think he's now back to his best. Uh, we've also got an old veteran in the race, Isaac. He's been a 
bloody old marvel for yourself and you and um, your partner Matt have done a great job of getting back from you know numerous injuries over the time. He's trying to get a, a soft running behind Paddy and he's definitely a place chance at odds. He is a very good place chance at odds. He's, it, it will take him a few more runs to get back to his best fitness, but um, he won't be far away at all. And where's the race for him? Well, the Devonport Cup, the upcoming Devonport Cup, the race you're looking at for Isaac? We, I don't really look at any races with him. It's actually a miracle he's, he's even back at the races racing. So any any race, we're just happy to be able to go around him. And then we move over to race seven. You've got the consistent car, Desla. He's got the knack of bobbing up at good odds. He's going to be good odds again on, on Sunday night, but he's not about a sneaky chance with the right running transit. Yeah, his last couple of runs have been quite good. I think he went really good in a mile race. I think a couple of weeks ago, um, it was really, really happy. He got checked twice in the run, and he really, really finished off well in a pretty slick time. So he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a bugger. You never know when he's going to put in a good one, uh, but he he won't be far away. And so you know, we're going to give you ten dollars ever ever bet. Which one are you going to back out the three of them down, or the four of them down? Well, let's have an each-way bet, Isaac. No worries. That's good to hear. You have any questions for Juanita, Jace? No, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just loving it. I feel like you, you two, Nate and Dale, like, I, I, how, I can't compete with you, Jamie. What, what's going, like, how, oh, how, how am I supposed to compete? Well, if it weren't for Juanita's father, mate, I would never have got involved in the industry. So I've known Juanita from the day I got in and... She's trained a lot of horses and a lot of winners for me, so even though we have our ups and downs and a, a bit of a coil every now and then, we still got a lot of respect for each other. Juanita, have you got have you got such beautiful words to say about Jamie or not? Uh, well, yeah, no, we'll just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a 2-0 win there. Thanks for joining us, Juanita. Good luck. Thank you, Jason. Bye. Uh, Thank you. Jamie, when are we going to see you in Melbourne, mate? Uh, well, we'll probably, probably get over there, mate, in the New Year. You know, like down around the borders, we're back over, mate. I would love to get over there for a New Year's Eve, but it's going to be too hard for the Sussex final. But I'll definitely get over there, mate, before I, I head overseas for a, a, a bit of a sojourn in the future. But um, And catch up with all you fellas at SEN and come into the studio one day with Wombat or yourself and have a real good chat, mate. Uh, we, we would love to have you. And, of course, the Hunter Cup's just around the corner. This is – it's crazy. The way the calendar is now, it's just it's – just... Left, right, good night, isn't it? Just over and over again. There's just good races every single week right through summer. And that's what us harness fans love, mate. We love good racing and, you know, we thrive on it as as participants, you know, owners, trainers, drivers. You know, that's when we, we come to the fore and, you know, that's what we want to see, mate. And while you're there, mate, what's your pick for the Cranbourne Cup? Uh, you know, I'd like to... You're, you're such a good judge. I'd like to know your opinion. So I'm told the general dodge is going back, but I think... It, I think it can't win going back. I think if it goes forward, hands up to Amazing Dream, pressure from copy that in the breeze, General Dodge would win the race as long as he doesn't over-race. Uh, they're the only th- three that can win, I think, the two the two gun Kiwis and General Dodge. But, look, I, I know it's a risk shooting him forward, but I think it's more of a risk going back. What do you think he's going to do? I'm pretty similar to you, mate. I thought they might have pushed forward and found the lead, then handed over to, you know, either Amazing Dream or copy that, which one got there first. Um, yeah, Amazing Dream's got a, a great record against against the boys, as we all know. But but copy that there is there is there is a touch of um, class about him, and 
you know, his arrogant New Zealand Cup win. I know he only got the job done at Alexandria Park the other week, but I'm sure Ray wouldn't have sent him over there unless he's at his peak. You know, Merv's going to be on track, and I'm pretty sure a copy of that will be there. You know, and I think he's the one to beat, but um, I'd love to see him chance the arm of General Dodge and get across early because I love the story behind General Dodge, mate. And, he can, he will get across if they want to, Jason. I'm sure, you, just as you said, and it's just where we can get up the sprint lane late. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when the when the arm releases. They might be playing a bit of ducks and drakes, the boys. I don't know. Well, I I, I think if he goes forward, it's a three horse race, and if he doesn't, it's a two horse race. But and I know you know Merv really well. He very much wants to win this race, so. Uh... You'd expect that copy that will be uh, 100%, as he would be after winning a New Zealand Cup. But it's going to be a cracker. And then the Vic Bread Super Series semifinals, and then the Hunter Cup, and then the Miracle Mile. It's just wonderful. And I'm very happy to hear about those prize money increases for the big races in Tasmania, because that's the way it should be. And if you come over here, I'll go over there. Is that a deal? Oh, that'd be a great deal, mate. Good on you, Jamie. Talk soon, mate. Thanks, buddy. Time to go for a break. We'll come back with Grant's brother, Tommy Hackett from Ladbrokes. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Couldn't you have sorted it out by now, Geordie? It's Taz Racing Talk with Jason Bonington, the voice of SEN Track. Wasn't able to turn it around quick enough. That's all right, mate. <laughs> Sorry. We can get somebody else in to do your job. No, we can't. You're a, you're a man apart. Um... We've tried to get Tommy Hackett on the line. He's a very busy man. And he's probably a little bit embarrassed that he wasn't at the Inter-Dominion Grand Final. Uh, his boss, Adam Hamilton, was there. Mm. Uh, Ladbroke's doing a wonderful job, as we know. Um, one of the many wagering service providers that are uh, on the books here at SEN. But Ladbroke's doing a terrific job. I, I heard a little... They might be they might be closing in near us, by the way. I, I, that's a bit cryptic. But I reckon they'll be even closer than ever before. I'll tell you off air. Um, cricket. We might talk cricket for a moment. All right. Uh, Geordie, what do you make of what's happened so far? I literally, I reckon I watched the cricket for an hour yesterday and I reckon it was DRS. It was basically DRS. I was just watching DRS. Yeah, well, that was pretty much the first session was England had about three or four or three, I think, DRS reviews. Yes. Um, And for not much luck, they got Marcus Harris Do people find this, like, I I don't watch as much cricket as I used to. Do people find this stunning coverage now? Like, it, it, it... it felt slow to me, but people probably hanging and living and dying on these decisions. Obviously, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say uh, stunning, but it's. I mean, it's you know, it's part of the storyline of Test cricket now. Is you have to go through this process to go. I don't think people find it, you know, enthralling, a, a, enthralling, alluring no. TV at all. But it's just I don't know. It's part of the process. If you want to get a wicket, that's kind of the process now to do it. If it's uh, dubious, is it uh, like? Has, has it got the hype? Has it got the feel, this Ashes series at the moment? Is it, is it building into something or is it plateauing a little bit? Australia seem like they're in control, even without. There's more, the hype, there. there's more hype off the field yeah. because of all the stories that have happened around, firstly, Tim Payne in Australia, then Pat Cummins with the captaincy, and then uh, the English, uh, the whole racism scandal ha- happening over there. And then into this test with Pat Cummins getting COVID and the late changes in the hours before yesterday. It feels like there's been more happening off the field than there has on the field. I mean, the previous test, three of the four days played, Australia dominated, and yesterday was all Australia. I mean, what are we, two for 221 at stumps? I mean, that's that's a one-sided day of test cricket for Australia. Um, yeah, there's been more excitement off the field, I reckon. Is that, is, that, that, is that what we need to do now? You and I set up a game of pool, right? Yeah. And then I get in a scandal, and then you get in a scandal, and everybody wants to know who's going to win this because there's scandals everywhere. So yeah. if there's not that much excitement about the actual Ashes... 
You just drop a couple of scans. I don't mind it. Yeah. I like it. You know, someone, this is the way forward. I reckon. You say something edgy. I text someone something. That's and then we create hype off the off the pool table. What did you text somebody? Oh, nah, it'll come out in, in the investigation. <laughs> you will leak it because that's, that's Inde- the way it works. Independent investigation, I think. <laughs> um, you bet with Ladbrokes, obviously, don't you? Yes. And I'm going to read this. I don't giddy up punters. Mm-hmm. Ladbroke it. Gamble responsibly. Call one eight hundred. 85858 if gambling becomes a problem. Now you're you're a pretty small fry punter though, aren't you? So you're not you don't need that number just yet. Minuscule punter. And not you, you to be fair, this is Taz racing talk, but you're a sport punter. Yes. Are you are you one of these kids you're one of these kids that love the big multis like try, trying to make a miracle happen that's never going to happen or Um yeah, I think so. It just I don't know, it's more it adds more fun that way. You like losing. If it's fun. You're a masochist. You like, you like getting like 13 legs of a 14 leg multi and the dollar 20 <laughs> shot goes under. I don't put you ma- enjoy that. I don't put massive bets on, so I'll bet a dollar coin, a gold coin basically and uh, and see if I can get it up. Because I don't, I don't, yeah, I, I'll, I won't go the, the big punt, but if I can add a few layers to a multi together and see which one comes off. I don't know about 14 legs, but maybe I'll, you know, a modest four or five legger. I wouldn't mind lining up the SEN track producers that have joined into racing and finding out what their punting habits are because <laughs> uh, the great man, uh, Tomo, we call him, Big Fudge. Big Fudge. He, t- he, he lets us know I'm going to have max bet. Two bucks. <laughs> he actually bet $6 the other day and he was oh. riding it lost and he was riding it like it was a lot, like there was no two-minute noodles. Nothing was happening if you lost. And I thought, $6. <laughs> I think I bet $6. You shouldn't bet underage, but I was betting six dollars when I was nine. I mean, but he, he was he was in the edge of his seat. But he he do, he, do, he does like to keep his money close. I think he is a, one of the tighter <laughs> producers among our ranks. <laughs> and I'm I'm on a, he's a good mate of mine, so I'm happy to take that on uh, and put that on record on air. Have any of the producers become a bit sharp now that SEN Track's been around for? We're heading towards two years. We yeah we are aren't we? Uh, it felt like the first birthday party at Bells wasn't that long ago, but we're heading towards two years. Yeah, we're about a year and a half into into SCN track. Have there been yeah. a couple that have um, not really been into racing, but they've been thrust into the racing role, and now they've got a little bit sharp that you know of? Oh, uh, JD. Well, that's not that's not accurate. So, have you got anybody else? I mean, oh, I wouldn't say. I, I said sharp. Oh, okay. Did, you, did, did I misspeak sharp? So he th- he th- he would think he's sharp <laughs> for sure. I tell you what, if he's the sharpest. <laughs> I'm shooting from the hip here. <laughs> we've got we've got a very blunt crew, but uh, sharp. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I I I, I wouldn't be able to pick one out. But no, it would have been an interesting ride for everybody uh, getting involved in racing. We're, um, we're all. I think all the producers are all. Um, we're heavily involved in in the racing, but we wouldn't stand a chance against the on-air talent at all. <laughs> the only the only producer who could, because he has been talent before, is Dan Huddy, who produces Hoss. Well, Dan Dan owns a couple of horses. Well, Dan's a Dan's a gun. Yeah, oh, he, he knows what he's doing, and he's he's hosting a bit of Bensley, isn't he? He is. He's filling in over the summer. And Cam Luke and who else? Cam and Chris Nelson. You didn't get the call up, unfortunately. No, that's embarrassing. That's been Taz Racing Talk, and by the way, make every race even more exciting with Ladbrokes. Have a dollar on, why don't you? Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-85858. It's been lovely. $2 uh, max. Yes. Joining you with Brennan Ryan and uh, and Matty Reed and also Jamie Cockshut. I think this will be my permanent gig going forward. So that's Trot's Life, The Lids Fly, Taz Racing Talk. I'm doing everything. Au revoir.